0: Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Say Hey Podcast, part of the Belief Podcast Network. I am Doug Hayes, aka Say Hey Doug. It is November 16th, 2022. Bringing on my co-host as always, Say Hey Rob, and we'll get to our guest in a second. But first, Rob, happy Wednesday, brother. How's it going?
1: Happy hump day. How's it going, man? Uh, Going all right. Busy week for me in the grocery industry. I haven't been feeling that good either, so it's kind of been a hectic week and kind of can't wait for thanksgiving to get over but um it is the,
0: like the worst week of the year it, for you it, isn't
1: it? yeah it, it blows like i don't enjoy thanksgiving at all and then my then my cowboys lose on thanksgiving and it's just it's a it's a whole thing for me every year but <laughs> hey, now we're getting through eight more days i can do this
0: it's true uh we would like to bring back to the podcast our good friend Steven Rizzotto. Uh, you can give him a follow uh, on Twitter at Steven Rizzotto, like you see it there on the screen. Uh, Steven covers the Giants for SF Bay and is uh, going to be doing it again next year, correct? Uh, that's correct. Yes. Awesome. Thank you for your lengthy answer. Now I have yes. to uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, Steven's been on here a few times for you, uh, new, lister, lins, ugh, new listeners, especially um, the new Believe listeners. Um, yeah. Stephen young writer going to
2: uh, school right now at San Francisco state. Correct. To uh, for journalism. Yes. Yeah. Journalism with a minor in, uh, in education. So I'm, a, oh, I'm a junior right now. Got one more year left after this and uh, we'll be off. Awesome, grew, man. He does great work.
0: Fast. Does great work. Make sure we're following him, but um, let's talk free agency stuff and let's talk giants. Obviously, Yesterday, the uh, 15th, was the qualifying offer accept or decline day. And, you know, I think it was kind of a shock. Was it like Friday this last week? The Giants offered Jock Peterson the $19.65 million uh, qualifying offer. And I don't think a lot of us were expecting him to get that offered by San Francisco. But, you know, it it's essentially over three times as much as he made last year. This was going to be a year where he hits the open market and, um, you know, tries to go get a multi-year deal. But nineteen point six five, which you know, if you don't know, the qualifying offer is determined by the league's top one hundred twenty-five average, like the AAV, and um, you know, basically that's the average. So this year it's nineteen point six five mil, and that's what he's going to make in two thousand twenty-three. So initial thoughts, Stephen surprised that the giants offered it and were you surprised that jock accepted it
2: yeah i think there was some level of surprise that they offered it um you know being that he made like what six million dollars last year or something like that and yeah uh, i think he obviously did do enough to get a pay raise a little bit but 19.65 million dollars is a lot of money and jock peterson's a guy that had what, like you know, a great year, especially against right handed pitching, and he was going to find a home somewhere, especially on a multi year deal. Um, and I, I think he would have gotten a multi year deal, but he would not have gotten the AAV of 19.65. So, I think accepting it was the right move for him. He's going to have another year to kind of show up a little bit again and, um, you know, ha- have a nice year. And you know, if he's not going to be facing a lot of left handed pitching, he didn't last year, he's not going to do it again. And it sounds like he's going to you know, continue to get some work in in the outfield, but they're going to, I guess, plan the DH for him a little bit more this year. Uh, or DH him a little bit more this year. So that's going to be a uh, a significant step into improving their defense, really, because Jock Peterson is not the most um, athletic outfielder in the world. And I guess the metrics kind of back that up. But um, a big bat to have back. I mean, I think it's a step in the right direction. And like Farhan Zadi said the other day, he was part of the plan A. So I think so far in the Giants' point of view, uh, offseason's a success. So far. Rob, Rob, what were your thoughts on Jock uh, accepting it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a good thing for for the franchise at the end of the day, especially hearing Jock's comments saying, oh, yeah, you know, I had been hoping to come back, of course, and I, I know uh, we're planning on signing some other guys. So I, I know the, the fans were happy to hear that. But you, you Jock, it kind of got out with Jock at the end of the year, how frustrated he was about not being in the playoffs. And so when I heard that, I'm like, oh, f- goddammit, this pool this don't want to come back here. Like, uh, so okay, so buy Jock. And then this happens. And I I didn't think they were going to, you know, even send out the qualifying offer. And when I heard it was 19650000 million, I'm like, oh, how, how the hell is he going to turn that down? <laughs> so, yeah, hell of a raise. Like, like you said, Steven, uh, he, he, he deserves it uh let's be honest guys like when he's on I mean it's kind of Brandon Bell-esque where he can carry the offense for a good you know two weeks I mean we all remember that that Mets game last last year and I mean pretty much single-handedly won that game and that was also the game where Tyler Rogers had all those runs go against him and it screwed up his ERA for the rest of the year I'll never forget that night craziest night of the year that Mets Giants game but yeah uh Hopefully he's more in in that DH role, like your state, like you were saying, Stephen. Uh, watching him roam left field in his pajamas wasn't really a, you know, a, a fun sight for us for most of the year. But the whole defense sucks, so let's not single him out. Yeah, the deep defense got to get better, and if they're if the plan is to primarily use him as a as a DH, then yeah, I'm I'm on board.
0: From Peterson's perspective, though, I mean, like you said lefty on the mound or like he, he was not an everyday player this last year. And, but he, again, he was only getting paid $6 million. He was worth every penny and more, but does, would it concern you if the giants use him in the same manner? You know, the platoon matter um, in 2023, if he's playing, you know, four days a week and he's, you know, playing in 120 games, uh like, And this guy's be making almost $20 million. Like, don't you feel like, like he has to play more even against left-handed pitching to, you know, live up to that contract? Even if it's just DHing? like we need to see his bat in, you know, in there like every day, I would assume. I,
2: I don't think so. I think, I I see what you're saying, but I do think that, you know, the Giants kind of got, I I do think they wanted to bring him back. And I do believe Farhan Zeddy when he says that Jock was plan A. but I also feel like in order to ensure he came back, they had to give him that extra boost there. And, you know, Jock Peterson's like the perfect platoon player. Like if, if you lived in a world where like there was perfect platoon players, like it's not necessarily Mac Williamson, Jared Parker platoon, or even <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the, the recent Lamont Wade, Darren Ruff. It's not that level. This is a guy who like is literally very good against right-handed pitching. He's got top notch power, uh, I mean, he was like fifth in exit velocity, I think, in baseball this year. Uh, yeah, way he, up there. Yeah, he was almost sitting four hundred with runners in scoring position, and that's like Freddie Freeman. I think is the only one that had a higher average there with runners in scoring position. He, you know, was really good in the leadoff spot too. He's got really good numbers there. Um, you know, there was a stretch there, like in July, where he didn't homer for a while. Um, but like it correlated with the giant seeing like a lot of left-handed pitchers, left-handed starters. Um, so he, I, I, I see what you're saying that like, you know, you, you want that value. This isn't $6 million anymore. Like where he's, you know, playing against righties and it's, it's, you, you, you made your money in April and May. This is $20 million. And you know, what am I trying to say? I'm just, I think that this is the price that you had to pay to get him. um, I definitely thought he would have gone somewhere else if the Giants didn't issue that qualifying offer. But he if you're going to platoon, he's the perfect guy to platoon with. So if he's one of the few guys that is in that role, I don't think it would be such a bad thing. But like we saw last year, I don't think you could roll out a platoon in every spot.
0: I agree. I mean, so in 2022, 331 uh, at-bats against right-handed pitching, hit 278, 21 of his 23 home runs, 59 RBIs. Um, and only 49 at bats against left handed pitching in 2022. 245 average, not awful. Um, but only the two home runs and 11 RBIs, but he did that in 49 at bats. So who knows? Like, there is maybe more to be desired against left handed pitching. And I guess we'll see. It depends a lot on, you know, what they do the rest of the offseason, obviously. But, and, and we'll get more into that. But I know, like, I was looking at it. Uh, earlier today i believe the current payroll sits at like 88 million uh for the giants so they have i I could be wrong that could actually just be position players i'm not sure but they have they have a lot of money that they could still spend before the offseason's over um does jock peterson getting nearly 20 million is this a good sign or a bad sign like as we look at the giants and how they're going to structure over these next couple of months heading into the next season, do we think that this is going to be one of the bigger contracts? And um, honestly, I think a lot of people will be disappointed if this is one of their bigger moves, or is this just the beginning and they're really planning on spending a lot because we've heard from Greg Johnson himself, one of the owners of the giants group that, um, and we talked about this earlier in our Giants chatter admin. Steven is one of our admin as well in that group that, the Giants are planning on spending in between having $170, $180 million payroll in 2023. And when I first heard that, I kind of laughed at it. Like, this guy's talking about seriously wanting to compete, and we're still not going to get to $200 million threshold. Um, I know that's loaded what I just said, but <laughs> do we think this has a, a an impact where they're going to build more off of this? Or this is one of the more significant moves this offseason?
1: uh i I don't know for for me i think it's just the beginning i think i I think they kind of understand where they're at at, as a a franchise yeah i'm still with the whole you know i'll believe it when i see it but yeah if i had to bet right now i would say they're far 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 away from being done uh the the the, the division last year, guys, I mean, with, the, with all the moves the Padres and Dodgers made, I mean, it it was a real eye-opener, I think, for Farhan and Gray Johnson and just uh, how far away they, they really are from being a, a real factor. And after getting exposed, basically running back the same team from 2021 and making no moves when they had a lot of money to throw around, they have even more now, so now there's even less of, of an excuse yeah. I, I think, you know, they really got put on notice a, 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 as a franchise. So, and I, again, like I'll, I'll take Jock's word for it. You know, the, the, the other day he was really excited about getting that offer and saying there's more guys coming, you know, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be part of the solution here. I mean, hell it's one year. So I mean, of course he's happy $20 million. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be happy about that. But so I'm, trying to remain optimistic that, yeah, this is just the beginning and there's so many guys out there and you just got started. So I don't want to start being like, Oh God, here we go. It's just going to be jock and they're going to resign belt to a little deal and do all these other things that have kind of kept them in place the last, you know, two, two, three years. So I'm trying to remain hopeful that we, they got a long way to go this winter.
2: Yeah. And I want to agree real quick. Uh, First of all, I I think Greg Johnson might have made a mistake by putting a number on payroll. Like, come on, 170 to like, why are you making that? Why are you making that like public? That's just stupid because now fans like every move they're going to make, they're going to go and reference the payroll and they're going to go. There's an
0: expectation now.
2: Yeah. Ten million dollars away. It's like the Yankees, like when they made negotiations public with Aaron Judge. Judge, It's like the same kind of same kind of concept a little bit. But no, I agree with Rob 100 percent. This is just the tip of the iceberg if plan a is to get better and jock peterson's part of plan a then like you know and, and they don't obviously want to bring back the same group from last year because like everybody's a year older everybody's less athletic and they wanted to make it a, a point to get younger but i feel like you know larry bear we know larry bear and the giants ownership we know larry bear like come on larry bear is completely star driven like you don't think that guy wants to start like greg johnson named Aaron judge or referenced Aaron judge in the press conference but you know as you know, quote unquote, the guy in pinstripes in the Bronx, you know? So like, he's inadvertently naming this guy uh, and Larry bear, you know, was spearheading the whole Bryce Harper pursuit. We know about that. And, you know, Farhan Zaidi, we always forget that he was around such great big players in LA. Like we always forget it. It's like, do you think he doesn't want to build what they have going on? So, I mean, that that's the, the, the thing that I'm, uh, I've always seen on on Twitter and on social media among the fans, but I think it's the tip of the iceberg. But I think they made a, a little bit of a mistake putting kind of a number there on payroll. I think that's something that should be maybe kept to themselves. If if they, if they want to, you know, be realistic with that, then you know, just talk talk amongst yourselves. Like, not everything needs to be public in the business yeah. of baseball. Pressure will be Yeah, that.
0: I agree. I agree. Um. So yeah, just. Uh, thoughts on jock peterson obviously since that was kind of the big news um yesterday uh we don't have to go too much into details i forgot about this but we should probably touch base on it the rule five deadline uh was yesterday uh for teams to protect their prospects if they wanted to keep them around basically um or put them out there for other teams to nab on december 7th which is when the uh rule five draft is so Yesterday, Jose Cruz, Keaton Wynn, Luis Matos, Marco Luciano, um, were all protected uh, within the Giants organization, meaning they will stay in. Now, this also means if I, if I'm correct, they have to be on the 40 man roster this entire next year. Is that right, correct, Stephen?
2: Uh yeah, I think it's like till a certain extent, and like some okay. teams like manipulate it with like the injured list and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think. I, yeah, but and then if they're not, they off, they get offered back and like the team Got could it. accept whether they want them back or not.
0: And if any team manipulates an injured list, it's oh, the yeah. San Francisco <laughs> Giants Giants. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, also that meant other guys were gonna get DFA'd, Colton Welker, uh, big name Harlene Garcia, who's been, you know, in the middle of this Giants bullpen in the last few years. Also another semi big name, Jason Vossler, who's been up and down between Sacramento AAA in San Francisco, but has been involved obviously at the major league level. Uh catcher, Dom Nunez, um, Sam Delaplane and Mabrice Vill- Vali I can never say I dude's his name right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh definitely uh gonna be interesting to see whoever did not get protected, uh if anybody gets taken in a couple weeks when that rule five draft goes down. So Will Wilson. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, well Wilson, Will, yeah. Wilson. That's true. Um, And we all remember what that took for them to uh, get him. Uh, So,
2: Zach (laughs) Kozart, a lot of money.
0: So, let's just, I mean, I have a little hot stove chatter. I mean, hot stove, this is the best time of year, like, especially in the offseason, where teams can finally sign players now. And obviously, like we've had a couple signings, we've even had a trade or two, like um Teoscar Hernandez got traded from the Blue Jays to the Mariners. I believe that was this morning. Um, you know, I are we are we expecting any significant moves over the next couple days, or do we think that this is gonna drag on and um especially the bigger names, you know, generally we see them kind of go deeper into the winter and play things out let teams bid talk with agents before anything uh, happens like are, do we think it, by thanksgiving next thursday like any significant like top 15 20 uh, free agent gets signed what do you guys think
1: all right uh I, i'm gonna say probably such not. a
0: vague question yeah, i right know it is <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm gonna say probably not um i mean anthony rizzo just got signed yesterday and um even i mean that surprised me uh just given his, you know, his, his, his pedigree. But yeah, I think, I think there's a, a bit of a trend. I mean, I know, I mean, well you can't count last year cause of the uh, lockout and stuff and dudes were getting signed in like February. So I, yeah. I, i had a couple, i had a couple people hit, hit me up and going like, do you think it's gonna be like last year? I'm like, no guys, it's not gonna be like last year where dudes were signing right for spring training and stuff. And yeah, like that, that's, that's not going to happen. But I, I, th- I think you have a lot of players now. They just, and these and these these agents are are willing to drag the, the, this stuff out as as long as they possibly can and you know and there's so much money be, i mean b- baseball it's insane now i mean the the the, the contracts that are that are getting throw, thrown around are a- absurd and you have all these young guys too the, that are getting locked up early i think the landscape of the of the game for free agents has has changed they're like oh well Look what Fernando Tatis got. He hadn't done shit, and uh, you know, technically, once, yeah, yeah. It, once, once so a baby, and you, you know, look at the contracts. Oh, they offered him that. Well, what's what's he? You know, he's he's a baby. I've been in the league this this long, and so for guys like Aaron Judge, and it's the contract lengths too. So there's so much to throw around with these agents and all the, all, all these GMs. So I, I really. It, I don't expect anybody, you know, substantial or uh, big time like Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, uh, guys like that. The the shortstops in particular, I I believe, are going to get dragged out because there's so many of them. I I believe um, once the first one goes, then you'll see the the domino effect with them. And and same thing with uh, the uh, pitchers. I mean, Justin Verlander, yeah, he wasn't going to sign until he got that Cy Young. So. (laughs) <laughs> given his age and okay, how long is he really going to pitch? I, I give Verlander a chance to sign rather quickly, but outside of him, and that's just because he's almost 40 outside of him. I think it's going to drag on for, for a few weeks.
2: Yeah, I, I think agree. Rob, he, Rob brought up a really good point just now about how a lot of the best players in the game are not, are never going to see free agency in their prime because they get locked up so early. Like Tatis, acuna maybe acuna i forget how long his was and he's just still so young uh but a lot of these guys was like eight or nine years yeah so maybe he'll he'll still be maybe like the early 30s or whatever but uh a lot a lot of these guys are never gonna see like free and that's kind of how it used to be like you know it was like weird to see chipper jones or Derek jeter those one uniform guys test the market but i agree i think like once the short stops go it's going to be a ripple effect I think DeGrom and Scherzer are like tied by the wayside. Like we've talked about it, right? We're, we're, we're debating, you know, five years or, uh, you know, a few years for DeGrom, uh, or like what? Five years for DeGrom, one thirty compared to Verlander two years. So like, and it's a good comp, like Verlander's older, right? Coming off Tommy John had a great year, Cy Young award winner. And then DeGrom who, you know, hasn't really thrown a ton of innings the past few years. There's more risk factor involved. Uh, but yeah, no, there. I I think the market's going to get going. Maybe the outfield market starts, you know, becomes the first market because we're seeing teams move guys to try and get other like Teosca Hernandez was a good player in Toronto, but like maybe it seems like they like Andrew Benettendi more, like or (laughs) or uh or a left handed hitting outfielder more. So he's a free agent, though. It's no guarantee. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's true. So uh, they're they're trading like good players to open up holes or to open up like a spot for like free agents. That's something I've noticed. So the, the right now I feel like it's like getting the framework ready, you know, getting the house ready for company, you know, and then everybody's going to start walking through the door. Well, you know, I'm
0: glad I'm glad. Well, first of all, I got to point out, Rob made a good point of, yeah, Justin Verlander is your AL Cy Young award winner. That was announced tonight. Sandy Alcantara, of course, the unanimous NL winner, but in regards to Verlander, You know, absolutely. I know it's early on in the offseason, so this wasn't going to hit anyways. But, um, you know, he probably earned a couple more million bucks just by having that award tab to his name. Um, But I kind of want to talk about DeGrom. You you brought up DeGrom, and I thought, you know, this was kind of a loose episode just to talk about free agency in general. Um, And this was something that we discussed on Giants Chatter today, on Twitter today, uh, when we were talking. And this is more in specifics with the Giants when we're talking about Jacob deGrom and Carlos Rodon, because I think those are two great pitchers, obviously. Carlos Rodon is coming off his best year of his career. It's his first full year in his career. He stayed healthy, had 32 starts. Jacob deGrom, though, recently, uh, the last couple years, has dealt with some injuries, including some arm injuries. Um, We know that when Jacob deGrom is on the bump, he is arguably, I say, he's the he's got the best stuff in the game. He is the best pitcher in the game when he is out there and he is healthy. And he's thirty four, and Carlos Rodon is twenty nine. Now, obviously, this is a lot of um, you know hypothetical stuff, but you know, if they were to sign them both, that's probably not going to happen. Let alone one of them. But if you had to choose between one or the other, I think some of us, and I'll let you guys give your position on this too. But my argument was, you know, you're going to get three years, probably approximately $130 million to get Jacob deGrom. Carlos Rodon's going to be about five years, but also maybe in the $130, $135 million range. Both of these guys have dealt with injuries through the years. DeGrom is older, obviously. But if you had to choose the three for 130 for DeGrom or the five for 130 for Rodon, what are you going with? And my answer to that is absolutely. I'll take Rodon or I'm sorry. I'll take Degrom Mm -hmm. over those three years because one, it's, it's a shorter contract. And two, I know what I'm going to get with Jacob de Grom when he's out there. And if you're committing five years to Carlos Rodon, who's come off his first, finally full season. And I've said this before on this show, it's probably going to be, you're probably going to see Carlos Rodon on the IL over these next five years. Um, you know, give me Jacob de absolutely in three years over Rodon for five. What what are your guys' thoughts on this? We you can expand on it.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think you're gonna see de on the IL too, over over the but but you mentioned a sure. good point, and I've gone over this like me and Brooks, and I know Brooks's stance on this too, and uh I had Rodon for a long time. Like I that was someone who like I would have picked over de Grom. Um I think I would have rolled with him for a while. I feel like the injury history might be a little bit overplayed. I think last year he was dealing with fatigue towards the end of the year. And like fatigue is a lot different than like a ligament damage or, you know, or uh, for sure, you know, tightness in your elbow or whatever. You know, if, if you're dealing with a dead arm, I'm mean, Max Scherzer deals with it every year in the postseason. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, that didn't really concern me at all. Uh, he had a blister, like big deal. He missed a few starts because of that. And, you know, but um, I, I, you know, Brooks kind of convinced me, I'm not going to lie. And, and I, I, I do agree because I think the bottom line is what I went back to was I, for the most part, am not a big fan of giving out big deals to starting pitchers. I feel like that's just, especially in free agency, if you want to extend a guy like seven years and he's 24 years old and he's put together like two straight great years, a la Logan Webb. Then, you know, fine, go do it. I don't think anybody would argue. But if you're going out there to sign, you know, a 30 year old and just look at how many, you know, how many times it's worked out, right? Strasbourg hasn't worked out. Granky, I mean, maybe, but like still for the, he wasn't the guy who he was when you signed it. So you're really paying for like the first two years of this contract. Patrick Corbett, disaster.
1: Yeah. And the only Perfect one that example. I can think, of,
2: yeah. The only one that I could think of that's worked out, there's two guys. One is John Lester. I think that was decent. And I think the one that it really worked out was Max Scherzer. So there's only like a few guys that it's actually worked. The other guys, not so much. So I, for the most part, am like not a big fan of long-term, you know, long-term contracts. And that's what like I started remembering when I realized that this was a debate. And this is like a good... Uh, a good market for that kind of thinking and free agency because you have Verlander, who like Verlander, I feel like two years from now is is still going to be a pretty solid pitcher that I would trust in a big game and like I know his postseason stuff and everything. But you know, I Verlander starting in the World Series, I'll take it. I still like my chances yeah. there. Let's, let's uh, get there. And, yeah, and Degrom, <laughs> yeah. you know, Degrom. The bottom line is this, and Doug, you hit the nail on the head, Jacob Degrom. If you don't make the move because of health and he ends up being healthy, then you whiffed. And I feel like that is something the Dodgers would like completely exploit. 110 That's such a Dodger move to make. Whenever I think of them, I think of when they got, um, uh, who did they, they, they traded for a guy at the deadline. I'm blanking on his name and he never pitched a game with, it was this, this was last year. I'm Danny Duffy? pictures. Duffy? Danny, Duffy. Yeah. Yeah. Danny yes. Duffy. yeah. They took a chance on him. He was hurt at the time. Never pitched a game in their uniform. But they traded for him anyways at the deadline in hopes that he got healthy. So this is a Dodger move to make for sure. But I mean, you would really regret if you didn't do it because of health, and then he ends up being you know making. I mean, even twenty five start twenty starts like that's would <laughs> be fine. I think. Yeah. Well,
0: and that's that's another great factor you bring up the Dodgers and yeah, I absolutely and we'll talk about our free agent born a little bit when we wrap. But I think Rob, who do you have Degrom going to? Was it the God. Rangers? Yeah, it was
1: the Rangers. Okay, I you thought, have the Rangers. I, I thought yeah. they. I think they're gonna. Could be over, mutual interest. O- over, overpay for him, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Here's three but, years. Boom, go. But if we're talking specifically
0: about the Los Angeles Dodgers, like Stephen, you're right. This is absolutely a move that the Dodgers would go, Like, oh, we don't give a damn about the money. Here's three years. Hey, you want 140 million dollars? Here yeah. you go. We'll overpay just to make sure you're here. Because guess what? When you know push comes to shove he's healthy towards the end of the year or in the playoffs and you know Dodgers postseason jokes aside like whatever they get there every year and they have a damn good roster you're talking Degrom, Grom Bueller Urias Gonsolin Kershaw I mean that rotation next year would be absolutely ridiculous and it may come down to I'm sure the Giants are going to be like at minimum talking to DeGrom and his agent. I don't know how serious they would be about bringing him in. I don't think he's coming to San Francisco. No. I'm just, this is conversation. We're just talking about, you know, one of the better free agent pitching arms in recent memory. Um, but yeah, it, this has Dodgers written all over it. And it may come down to, you know, we actually really just wanted to bring in DeGrom so he doesn't go to LA. Um, and that would be a huge plus for the Giants and a huge, like you said, whiff for LA. But in regards to Rodon, obviously, if we, it, it, and I think I said this last week, Rob, if Rodon had his 2022, like he didn't, or 2021, like he did in 2022, and he just had back to back seasons like he just did, one, he's for sure getting five to probably six years because I think he's like just turning 30 and um, he's going to get more money, but even like his best year before this last year is 2021. And he still missed a good amount of starts because of injury. Like I understand. And I saw this term thrown around a few times today. recency biased, you know, Rodon was healthy in 2022. DeGrom, you know, didn't pitch until like July or August in 2022. So, that's kind of more on your mind, you know, and I, I get that, but you got to look at the longevity of careers. Like Jacob Degrom Grom did not miss many starts from his rookie year until like 2020, 2021. He made a lot of starts. Rodon has had injury stuff every single year. And in a lot of those years, he didn't have great numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know he started figuring shit out now, and he is when his stuff is on. Yeah, Carlos Rodon's one of the better arms in the game, but you know what you're going to get with Jacob Degrom? Like he's going to shove it up your ass—ninety-nine, one hundred, one 101 miles an hour—and I—I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why this is a tough topic but I guess we see things differently
2: so I don't and even if he even if DeGrom comes to camp throwing like 90 93 94 like he's still got great stuff he's still a guy that knows how to pitch
1: yeah of course
0: yeah so um just wanted to talk about that in in regards of specific pitching but yeah I mean we talk about the shortstops. um I agree I think that all four of these guys are going to try and wait as long as possible to see hey, is anybody else going to make the first move? And then you may see, boom, a couple days later, the next guy goes another couple days, the next guy goes. So, um, I mean, this can we agree this is the most talented shortstop free agent class, at least in our lifetime? I mean, we're talking Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, um, Carlos, Carlos Correa. Correa, and I don't know why I'm blanking on the fourth guy right now, Jason Swanson. Danzy Swanson, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so these four guys. Um, and I think we should talk about our free agent board in a little bit because we could talk about where we think these guys are going, and that would be fun. But um, if you had to pick one of those four shortstops for the next long-term contract, whatever these guys are going to get, um, Steven, who who you wanting to go with for the, for the Giants? Who would you pick, and why would they be the best fit?
2: Yeah, I, well, I mean... I think you have to go with like the best player available. And I think that's Carlos Correa. I just wrote about it on Giants chatter. Go check it. Shameless plug. Um, he's the youngest for he's not the youngest, but relatively young. He's 28 years old. I believe next year is going to be age 28. He just turned 28 in September. So you got a full year or most of it as a 28 year old. And, you know, <clears throat> I've heard like that maybe Turner might be a better fit because Brandon Crawford and he could be a little bit flexible with Crawford there and Bogarts. We're talking about other positions a little bit, but my theory is that if you're signing, if you don't want to sign Carlos Correa, the best out of that group, if you don't want to sign him because of Brandon Crawford, then I feel like there's major issues like sign him and then figure it out. That's my method. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could figure out where they're going to play after, but Cause Correa is not going to platoon, you know, we know that he's not going to get pinch hit in the fifth inning or any of that, but yeah. I yeah. think he's, I think he's the, ba- I think his, you know, right-handed bat giants haven't had a big right-handed bat, you know? And, you know, he's going to, he's going to get, I think he gets like nine, 10 years. Um, and, you know, if he ends up moving the third base, you know, because that's been a question and any big shortstop that comes up, who's like six, three or above, is always going to have that question mark. How long have we heard it with Corey Seager? We've heard it with O'Neill Cruz. We're going to hear it with, uh, with Carlos Correa, you know, Oh, is he going to move to third base, you know? So, you know, even if he does, then, you know, you got Marco Luciano there, you know? Right. So, um, I, I do think that that Correa is the best for you. He's got power. He hits lefties extremely well. He hits righties extremely well. And he just brings an aura. I feel like the guy's just a champion. You know, I don't care what he did in 2017. And Doug, you said that in the comment section there. Um, he, I feel like he's the type of guy that's like really smart. He's a baseball rat and he makes other guys better. And I think he would automatically be a leader on this team. And I feel like he would be such a, such a good fit, but I understand Turner. I understand some of those other guys, you know, Turner has the defensive flexibility that I mentioned, but um, I honestly see him going to Philly him or Bogart's going to Philly, but I know we'll, we'll get into that, but I think Correa is Correa would be my guy.
1: That's a good argument right there, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm torn between Turner and Correa too. I mean, you give me one or the other and I'm not, complain about nothing but yeah i would probably go with correa as well just i i feel like he would be be more willing later in his career to play to move to third you know i i just or hell even move, move the outfield to I be mean, the dude the dude's huge and he's got he's got power to all fields like lot like you said you know there's no there's no ever going to be a platoon deal with him like he's going to play all, all the time he's going to be a leader on this team, and he has a serious championship pedigree already. And yeah, we talk about seventeen, and yeah, the, the trash cans, and that Al- Altuve's buzzer, and w- w- whatever was going on there. <laughs> I don't know, but hell, yeah. I mean, they came back and and won one again. You know, this last year with with Dusty, and so I, if if I'm if I'm trying to build my franchise around a, a, a guy, I. Even if I think Trey Turner is the better player right this second, it would probably be Carlos Correa. If I'm going all in on a 9-10 a year deal, which we all think that's what he's going to get, I'd probably have to go with Correa too.
0: I'm with you guys, and Trey Turner is, and we'll talk about this in a minute too, he is my most wanted guy. Now, we're doing a series on Giant Shatter, and I'm going to show our board here in a second of our predictions. Uh, but we're also doing another series right now where we started last year. We put out our most wanted, where it doesn't necessarily mean we think they're coming to the Giants, but we put out why we think they would fit with the Giants, their um, contract projection, and the odds from one to five, You know, one being not great at all and five being very strong if that player will end up with the Giants. Um, I put Trey Turner as my most wanted guy. Uh, we're all doing two, but... My first guy was Trey Turner, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that the best fit and probably has a decent chance of coming to San Francisco is Carlos Correa. Um, just because he's younger, he's a big athletic guy. He actually is kind of what we're hoping Marco Luciano ends up being And, man, wouldn't it be sweet if in two years Luciano's at short and Carlos Correa is like, hey, long-term, I'm cool. I have a rocket arm. I'm going to move over to third. And the left side of the infield for the next foreseeable future is Marco Luciano at short and um, Carlos Correa at third base. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Carlos Correa is a good shortstop, but that would be fun. A lot of power on that
2: side of the infield as well. Um, But I do want to show... And also real quick it makes All sense right, because the Giants like there there might be a hole there at third base. Like I know that there's talk about JD Davis and they have plenty of options with him and Flores and David VR but if if those guys don't work out, Correa is a pretty good alternative to move. And and also, you know, my another thing I wanted to say is that if they're in the shortstop market like we know they are and we know they're going to be and they're talking about Correa and they're, sorry. And they're talking about uh, Turner as an option, and they're talking about Bogarts, and as they're talking about Swanson, why wouldn't they talk about Correa? Like, if you're in the shortstop market, why not get the best? You know. So that's just how I feel on that.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And so, like, according to ours, Steven, you actually do have um, the Giants getting Trey Turner here on our prediction. I do. Board. Yeah, I,
2: like, I do think that Turner's the better fit, but in okay. terms of like best, player, I love Trey I, Turner. I do think that? Yeah. I happened. love Trey but Turner Rob, going, Rob and yeah. I have
0: Rob and I have him going to Philly. We both have uh, Carlos Correa uh, coming to the Giants and I swear Robbie <laughs> Robbie and I did not discuss these no but yes, our first five picks are identical uh, <laughs> but I thought it would be share to our fun to share this tonight because you know we put a lot of work into this and um, I know Steven's itching for me to say uh, credit Steven Rosetto for the graphic, even though he <laughs> didn't do shit. I did the graphic. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, th- we've done this last couple seasons. A lot of fun, um, you know, kind of just throw it out there. And um, if you're not joined up on giants chatter on Facebook, make sure you do. And also uh, you can get that in the description of the show below. And then you can find our most wanted articles that giants or also on the uh, Facebook uh, group giants chatter. So, um, yeah, there's some fun stuff here. I see that uh let's see, Steven has since we talked about him. Steven and I agree that Jacob Drugram's going to LA. Rob, you have him with the Texas Rangers. <laughs> um yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, so but we do all agree that Justin Verlander is going to be back in Houston. Do we think that kind of speeds up now since the Cy Young voting's over, he won it and you think like Houston's like, "All right, we want to keep you around." You just won a World Series with us. You're coming off a fantastic year, obviously. Um, I mean, do we think Verlander deal gets done pretty quickly if he stays in Houston?
2: I, I
1: think, think so. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it it's gonna get dragged out over another week or so. I'd be shocked if he gets signed before Thanksgiving. But yeah. but yeah, Houston, obviously, they're gonna have first 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 dibs on him and coming off the World Series and they he's the clear cut ace in in that in that rotation so yeah they they're, they're going to probably offer him the the most money and they have a clear, you know, window of winning right right now with 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 their core. I mean, yeah, they might not bring Carl, Carl's career back, but yeah, I I think Houston is going to be pr- pretty uh, aggressive with him early on and if we if he gets, we've been hearing him linked to the Dodgers these last few days, but I mean, who, who hasn't been linked to the Dodgers? You know, everybody, everybody <laughs> is, but, but yeah, I, I think Verlander is definitely going to, going to be, going to be first.
2: Yeah. What team should what team should, like every team should be interested in Justin Verlander on a two-year deal. I mean, come on, any big market team, that's a contender that could do it, you know, should be interested. So he's going to have a market, but I think ultimately he, he stays put.
0: I have a ridiculous question before we wrap. Would you sign Justin Verlander two years, one hundred million dollars? He says yes right now. I'll come to it fifty million a year.
2: Oh. Now, is that going past the 170, 180 threshold? No. Uh, see, that's what it does. That's what it does. That's why you don't do that. Like, I don't know what Greg Johnson's thinking. But, no, but,
0: but- I mean, like, say you're on the phone with him and his age right now, and he says, hey, you give me 50 a year for two years, no opt-outs, nothing past that, two for 100, I'm coming to San Francisco.
2: That is way past what he's actually worth. Like Scherzer it probably is, not is even, but Scherzer has the record, right? Like 42 million, 43, 41, yeah. 43. And it's not even close to 50. So like, I mean, and he's not getting more than Scherzer. So that's my feeling on it. But I don't think it would ever get into that. Like no team would go up that much for him.
0: I just knew in a hypothetical here. I don't think that would happen either, but I'm just saying like, if it was like gun to the head right now, hey, I'll do this.
2: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Let's, let's be okay. He would do it. Two, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why he <laughs> said, yeah, I'll do it. How yeah. about two for 90? Two he does 45 a year. Still a little more than Scherzer, but, you know, he stayed healthy. He's actually, like, Verlander stays healthy,
2: yeah. and Bulldog. he's going to be
0: 40. And yeah. Scherzer, uh, you know, is 37, but didn't stay healthy this year, like the whole year. Um, I don't know, man. What about two yes. for 90? Yes. Yeah? I, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah crazy numbers man these guys get paid a lot of money and also i mean let's be real rob couldn't care less about justin coming to the giants it's all about (laughs) mrs upton
2: yes i mean
1: even if he gets tommy john again at least she's around like yeah like (laughs) come on like i mean it's been a long time since matt kane's wife so yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) steven we'll see we'll 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 wrap here uh plug yourself where can we find your stuff your podcast all that
2: yeah no yeah. yeah so you could you could uh, you can find me on Twitter of course at Stephen Rizzo if you're watching you have the uh, the at right there uh, RizzoCast of course uh, I just did an episode with former Giants prospect uh, not really a prospect more of a depth piece but playing the minors for a long time with the Giants Miles Schroeder who is a Bay Area guy and he is actually looking to get into coaching. So we joked around and said that that could be like the video he sends to teams and uh, coach. <laughs> he coached actually with the Augusta green jackets, which oh, sounds okay. sounds familiar uh, because it was the Giants old, like short a ball, I think team. Uh, and now yeah. it's the Braves double a team. So uh, he's been with them as like a third coach on their staff the past two years. And I was looking for, for something new and uh, just a really good baseball mind. We had a lot of fun. Um, and then coming up, uh, I just talked today. I haven't put it up yet, but uh, I it might be out by the time this podcast is out. I talked to Pirates Beat writer, uh, Frymoby.com, Justice De Los Santos. We talked about like his career, a little bit on the Pirates, a lot of O'Neill Cruz stuff. Uh, so go check that out. And then some more episodes to come. A lot of good stuff uh, waiting in the wings. Awesome. Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcast. RizzoCast.
1: It's great stuff. It's great stuff
0: awesome well thanks for coming on steven um i'm sure before the season starts in 2023 we'll probably have you on again because uh we just have you all the time uh so yeah thanks for coming on uh rob and i will continue to hammer free agency stuff over the next few episodes so um appreciate your support uh and until next time for say hey doug say hey rob steven thanks for uh, joining us and go giants
1: go giants Say hey, say who, say Willie. Say hey, say who, swinging at the plate. Say hey, say who, say Willie. That giant kid is great. Say hey.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.